Welcome to Short Course, episode 61, for May 10th, 2019. I'm your host, Ben Barry. This past weekend, I <laughs> I actually had the opportunity to shoot a match that I wasn't planning to shoot. It was the regularly scheduled Sir Walter match, which I try and shoot every month, but it just so happens that I was involved with a wedding that Saturday, and it started at 4 o'clock, and so for a match that normally wraps up around 4 or maybe 5, especially in the summer as the time drags on, logistically that was on the surface not happening. But one of the organizers actually mentioned to me that, eh, just uh, show up and we'll let you shoot through and you'll be out by noon probably and have some fun, you know, come shoot. And so I thought about that and I, I said, yeah, let's, uh, you know, shooting is better than not shooting, so let's let's see what happens. And... I mean, for anybody that's seen the the match videos, this is consistently on a monthly basis putting on a, a level of quality that you would not be ashamed to find at a state level match. Uh, I mean, just for one thing, it's eight stages. Generally speaking, it's a classifier and a speed shoot and then other stages somewhere in the mid to high 20s with, with some 32 rounders thrown in. So it's definitely a high round count match, but quite a lot of hard cover. Lots of walls. These are all stages that are designed by a group of guys of which, I mean, I, I help, I design one stage every month. So it's not, you know, it's not a huge amount, but, but these are all, all the designs are done two, a week or two in advance before the match. They got all the props planned out. They get everything. They get a build crew out there Friday before the match, which ranges anywhere from six to 10 people, which I just, I mean, just blows my mind. I mean, this is, the, the amount of work that goes into this club match, I think, is very easy to miss. and the But the, the result is exceptional. I mean, you, you watch these videos just from a, a club match, month in, month out, and they are consistently excellent. So this is this is not just kind of showing up and, and shooting through some, you know, Joe Bob's tactical shoot, kind of throw up some stages and, and work them out. I mean, these are stages, they all have multiple options, challenging shots, more than four positions. If it's a, if it's a 32 rounder, I, I can't think of the last time we had a shoot eight reload, shoot eight type stage at, at this match. So if it's a 32 rounder, you're going to at least five spots. Usually there'll be some shots kind of in the open that you can take in between positions. So you kind of get to dial in how aggressive to move that kind of stuff. So I, I definitely had my work cut out for me. And one of the things that I knew that one of the things the morning of driving over that I sort of set for myself was I, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to do it all the way. I'm not going to try and kind of milk it and, and try and, you know, take my time between stages. You know, once it's, once it's go time, it's time to shoot through and get out of there as quickly as I can, just because I know over the course of the day, even, even trying to shoot eight stages in two hours, it's, it would be easy for sort of small amounts of time to creep up on me. And so obviously it was important to show up early. I, I did get in over an hour of walking through all the stages, I got a pretty good chance to, to see them all and, and come up with a, a plan that I liked on all of them. Although I will say it was interesting. So stage five, which we'll talk about more later, but stage five was definitely the most uh, planning intensive stage of the day, just because there were, it wasn't a full on memory stage, but it was memory ish. There were a number of distant targets and you couldn't see all of them at once. And so it was easy to forget which one you were shooting at if you hadn't sort of worked out a mental system of, okay, from here I'm, I can see the middle one and the right hand one, that kind of thing. So you needed to kind of break down the stage and have a good mental representation of it to be able to really visualize it through. And so one of the, I think, things that went well is I, I brought a, 
a level of sort of intensity and focus to the pre-match walkthrough that I usually didn't bring because at the back of my mind, I kind of always knew, well, you know, I've got the five minute walkthrough to sort of smooth things out. So I don't really have to do everything right up front. And instead, I kind of, I knew that if I was going to be walking up to a stage while a squad was shooting it and be jumping in, in the order, I wasn't going to get that, that five minute walkthrough. And so I had to know everything without, I had to be able to walk up to every stage and execute the plan that I wanted without getting that, that time to walk it through again and see everything again. And so I, I brought a, a higher level of focus and really trying to memorize the stages at a level that I'd never really had before. And I think that was, I think that was actually beneficial. I'm going to have to sort of file that away and try and bring that in future matches because I think, I think that that was helpful in taking the walkthroughs more seriously. I, it it didn't, I didn't necessarily spend any more time, but I just think I, I took them yeah more seriously for lack of a better way to phrase it. And I think I ended up with, with better walkthroughs and better stage plans, perhaps at the cost of exploring options. I, I was really focusing on getting to a good, you know, decent stage plan without trying to really explore all the options. There was a stage, uh, let's see, stage four, there was kind of a, a choice. You could go clockwise or counterclockwise. And the first way I walked it through, I walked it through both ways and it, I didn't notice a strong preference. And so I kind of felt like counterclockwise just flowed better. And so I just went with it. But watching some of the match videos, I, I kind of wonder, I think I'm, you know, if I'd taken more time, maybe counterclockwise or maybe, maybe clockwise could have been faster or at least more efficient. But I didn't, I didn't take that time. I just, when I was walking through, I just got, I just picked a plan and stuck with it and really tried to, to just hammer in a good 90% plan. I wasn't trying to optimize every little 99th percentile advantage I could get on the stage plan because I knew that, that I wasn't going to have the time to really execute on all those fine details. And so I, I, I didn't even try. And so it made me a little bit less patient in comparing A-B testing different options and stage plans. But the end result was that I, I ended up having the stage plan that I did have was pretty locked in. And that was actually, I would say the one sort of consistent high point for the day was actually executing multiple stage plans pretty much exactly as visualized. There wasn't a lot of hesitation back and forth, leaving positions early. There, there weren't a lot of mistakes. And there was, there was one significant one. Like I said, it was on stage five, which was that, that memory ish stage, just where I did my reload and came and basically overshot a position, which was a bit of a theme, but we'll, we'll come back to that. So I overshot that position, had to back up a little bit, but that was really the only main time when when I didn't sort of execute the plan exactly as as intended. So I ended up shooting the the first. So I went first on stage one, and I ended up being the last shooter on stage four for the f- squad that started there. So I ended up shooting basically in the time it took most of the squads to shoot their first stage. I shot one, two, three, and four. It was about it was about thirty minutes to shoot those four, and then I ended up being the first shooter for that same squad, um, up on five. And actually they, they offered, uh, they, they generously offered to run me through before they did their five minute walkthrough, you know, I mean, partially gave them a little more time to see it, but, but it also let me shoot that and then get out of there. So I was actually, I was through five of the eight stages by 11 o'clock and I had to be out by, by noon. That was my, that was my hard stop time. And so that actually, that part went pretty well. And those five stages I think were pretty good. I think they were, they were pretty representative of, of my overall shooting for the day. 
And the once I got up to the the top of the hill for six and seven, which were the classifier and the speed shoot, and then stage eight, which was just the last stage of the day, because it was eleven o'clock, I did get a chance to back off a little bit and take my time, look through those stages, and honestly, just just talk to folks. Which was, if I, the, one of the really surprising things about this that I was, it was sort of a happy accident in that looking back on it, I, I remember it fondly, but it wasn't something that I was anticipating going in. It wasn't a motivating factor, but it was a, a positive benefit it was honestly, I just, I got to see almost everybody at the match and the way that the squads rotating worked. I, I, there was one squad that I didn't. So I, I ended up running stages with the same squad on two different bays. And there was one squad that I didn't even get to see all day squad seven, which did have some, some friends of mine on it. But otherwise I got to see all six of the other seven squads and at least at least say hi and you know exchange a few words with with some of the folks most of whom are, are regulars i mean this is a match that that especially in the summers fills up pretty quickly and so it's usually the 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 pretty dedicated shooters the regulars and so and a lot of them you just you don't get to see you might squad with them once or twice a year and, and it's just sort of random luck of the draw and you know it just it just reminded me of the fact that it on some level, it is a little bit, I don't know, disappointing to me or, or just sad, not in like a mopey sad, but just an unfortunate kind of sad that you have all these people that are so dedicated to the sport that get together so regularly. And yet there isn't actually a lot of, I don't know, like there, there isn't that much time. If someone isn't actually on your squad, there isn't that much opportunity to really sort of build those relationships. Uh, for better or worse, one of the things that I I miss about days both in the earlier in my shooting career. So both when I was shooting more IDPA where folks would go out to lunch or dinner after matches more often, or even just this match at, uh, at Sir Walter in, in past days when they would run fewer stages usually and have fewer shooters. And a lot of times get out earlier in the day. And there was pretty, there, there was fairly regularly a, a contingent that would go to like the, the local Mexican restaurant and get dinner and, and talk and things things have definitely drifted towards being, I mean, being more like a, a sectional match every month. Not only at this match, but honestly, most most of the USPSA matches around here take things pretty seriously. And so people show up early, and yeah, you'll you'll exchange, you know, you'll talk a little bit while you're walking around, walking stages. But most folks are trying to get their stage plans down because the stages that that the ranges around here build are pretty complicated, and and you want to do your best, and you want to spend that time to to get your plan in. So you'll see some folks, a lot of times that that's the only time that I'll see some of these folks that I I'm not squatted with. And that's in some ways, in some ways, you know, one of my favorite parts of the day, just because you get to see the, these folks who are like-minded and you, you know, can, can ask interesting questions and have interesting discussions with, and they sort of understand the, the problems and the things that you're struggling with. And, but, but after that, if they're not on your squad, you're two ships passing in the night. And by the time it's done, people are pretty tired. A lot of times folks have driven an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two, two and a half hours if they're coming down to a North Carolina match from Virginia. And, and so everybody hits the road. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a good answer. I mean, we've, we've sort of idly thrown out the idea of, you know, just having, I mean, it used to be like at Sir Walter, they used to do match bucks after the match. And that at least gave people an incentive to hang out for 20, 30 minutes. They would, and this was also before practice score. So if you wanted to get your scores right then, you know, as soon as possible, then then they would have them printed out. Now, even Sir Walter's always been pretty good. They would upload them to, to USPSA. And so you would have them usually by dinner time if you were checking online. 
but there's just something unmistakable about that, that, that I do miss in some ways that just 20, 30 minutes of just folks just hanging out by the picnic tables, just talking, Oh, how'd you shoot? How'd you shoot? You, you know, your new gun, blah, blah, blah. How's the wife and kids. I mean, they, they're, there's something there. And I think it's important to, to sort of build those relationships within the community because I don't know. I feel like a lot of things can go more wrong when people are just more anonymous and you just sign up online, show up, pay your match fee, not don't really socialize with any of your squad mates, shoot, you know, you don't have to stick around for scores. So as soon as your squad's done, jump in your car, head home, and it, it, it's easy to become very anonymous. And yes, that's convenient. And yes, you know, I'm not exactly wishing that, that, that there was a requirement, but just more of an opportunity that for folks to I don't know, just build more of a, a social fabric around the sport where right now it, it feels very transactional. But anyway, uh, that digression aside, it was really cool. I, I Maybe everybody doesn't feel that way, but I really enjoyed it, getting to see a lot of folks, getting to talk to some folks that I hadn't seen in a while or just hadn't squatted with in a while or hadn't been shooting matches in a while. And so I, I really, like I said, that was really the most unexpectedly pleasant aspect of, uh, of shooting the match and, and getting to shoot through. I, I definitely, to sort of jump to the end results, I definitely would not want to shoot through all the time because I think it did have a overall a, a negative impact on my scores, but it definitely, like, I wouldn't mind doing it now and then just, I mean, you just get to, you get to interact with more people, but obviously it's not sustainable. Everybody wants to shoot through and that, that, that that's a slippery slope. So this is, this is purely a, a theoretical discussion, but yeah, if I had my druthers, I might shoot through the match every, you know, once or twice a year just to. I don't know, get to catch up with folks, but yeah. So I shot my shot the last two bays, the last three stages total it, around 1130, 1145. And I was, I was on the road by noon, which, which was awesome. Honestly, I was, I was thinking it was going to be a lot tighter than it was. If I, I mean, if I'd kept up the pace that I had on the first five stages, I probably could have been in my car by 1130. So that would have been shooting eight stages in an hour and a half. Uh, as it was, I think it worked out to be roughly about 15 minutes per stage, you know, two hours divided by eight. That's, that's 15 minutes. And in general, just looking at some past matches, that's about three times faster than normal. So generally speaking, if you average it out, it looks like it's about 40, you shoot a stage about every 45 minutes uh, during a normal match at Sir Walter. So that was just to give you an idea of how much tighter it was. And honestly, it, it even, even that doesn't, doesn't really do it justice. I mean, three times faster doesn't sound like that much, but especially those, those first few, I, I would literally grab my mags and grab my box of ammo and walk over to the next stage and be loading my mags, looking at the stage, getting, getting ready to shoot and, you know, ask the, the scorekeeper to put me down in the order. And so, like I said, the, the main high point takeaway, I think was that the, the stage planning, which I, I put a great deal of emphasis on that actually went off with only that, that one significant hitch on, on stage five. And honestly, if there was a stage where it was going to happen, it was, it was going to be five. So yes, if I, if I'd spent more time visualizing that plan through, I probably would have sort of smoothed out that rough edge. But the fact that I, that that was the only hiccup for having such comparatively little preparation, you know, not having the five minute walkthrough, having to, to walk up to each stage and, and execute it three minutes after I walked up to it, that kind of thing that I was, I was pretty happy with that. I did find it interesting that I didn't do a good job of sort of separating my general feel of urgency of, of trying to, to keep pushing through. I, I didn't manage to sort of mentally switch that off while I was shooting. And so I felt like I, 
ended up shooting in a very rushed mindset, which is funny because if you watch the actual videos, the the shooting actually ends up being fairly slow, mostly because I'm just trying to rush around and, and do everything quickly. And so I'm I'm not being very efficient. I'm I'm being very busy. You know, one one definite takeaway and and thing I noticed was in all my focus on sort of consciously managing going to all the right spots and aiming at the right targets and visualizing coming in on on each each into each position, looking at the right spot, getting ready to shoot the the right target. The end result was that I basically almost completely neglected my actual technique, and so the changes that I've been making to my grip and trigger pull, they, they basically all went by the wayside. And so I was back to, to shooting like my old self, which mostly just meant being fairly accurate, but slow. So I wasn't, I wasn't rushing the sights. I wasn't throwing deltas and mics. There was, for example, there was actually one target on stage one where I shot it twice coming into a position called. I didn't like the call on either of the two shots shot the next target, came back to it before I left that position and shot twice more. And it ended up being three alpha, one Charlie, which it just, I I was just, it was just sloppy. It was just, I wasn't, I didn't have the sort of vision and the control dialed in. The gun felt kind of loose in my hands. And so I wasn't sure that, yes, I had a decent sight picture, but when I actually pressed the trigger, I wasn't sure that I hadn't moved the gun. And so I shot those two extra shots that turned out to not be necessary, but that was based more on a feeling and not and, and a lack of good sight picture. If I if I definitely confirmed two good hits on that target, I wouldn't have shot it again. But because I kind of had a a no call on it, I, I shot two more at it when I when I didn't really need it. But yeah, overall the the shooting was ironically it was both slow in the sense that there were there were basically every time I would shoot the gun, I wasn't sort of controlling it and trying to drive it back down and fire the second shot on a cardboard target or or fire the next shot on a steel array. I wasn't sort of trying to control the gun and drive the, the front sight back down and, or even sort of control it and, and let it come back down. I don't usually overpower the gun and try and drive it back down, but I, I really wasn't sort of gripping the gun and trying to, to really bring that front sight back down. I was kind of just letting the gun recoil and then, Oh, like find the front sight, recenter it, fire the next shot, let the gun move around, find the front sight, recenter it, fire the next shot. And so it it was definitely uh, not my not my best shooting, but the sort of mechanism through which the the actual failures arose was interesting. That as much as I think that I'm making progress with these these grip and technique changes, that there there is still some amount of it that that has to be visualized into the stage plan. A certain amount of when you draw the gun, grip you know grip with, you should feel this with your strong hand, feel this with your weak hand, and don't start shooting until those things are true. After the reload, you you know, need to, to feel this kind of grip all over again. I just, those kinds of thoughts did not even enter my mind all day. And so they didn't show up in my shooting. The other place that my general feeling of rushing for the whole match kind of played into my, my specific performance was something that I think I have a, generally a bad habit of doing was I think exacerbated and made more noticeable at, at this match because of that feeling of rushing, which is I tend to I tend to, on a long movement, I tend to drop the magazine and be drawing the next magazine out of the pouch as I'm starting to accelerate. And so I'm generally trying to complete the reload while I'm going close to full speed while moving, which, you know, I mean, it's not terrible. I, I don't fumble the mag doing that a lot, but it, there, there's a real feeling that if I could just get that reload done and then move hard, uh, the overall movement would be faster and, and it would just be more efficient, kind of like we were talking about on a couple podcasts ago ago about sequencing through actions rapidly instead of trying to do two or more things at once. 
And so I think that that kind of pressure to, okay, you're done here, move to the next position. I was, I was, I was always thinking just a little bit ahead in the future tense. I was always thinking about, okay, the next position I need to go to is this because I was, I was so laser focused on stage planning and executing the plan that I wasn't thinking about either sort of my technique, my grip in the moment or doing things in the right order. I was, if, if there was sort of a tie between, okay, reload the gun and start moving, I was putting more emphasis on moving than reloading the gun. And so I was having to do these reloads while moving at a pretty good clip, which, you know, I mean, it, it, these are, these are pretty, pretty fine nits to pick, but I think the, it was interesting how that, I think bad tendency was drawn out even more by sort of shooting under this kind of pressure. But honestly, overall, I think the main takeaway for me is just to not get too worried about it. I, you know, I almost didn't shoot this match and the the worst outcome would be just letting myself really get sent into some kind of negative spiral of self-doubt about like, oh man, I shot way worse than I normally do. How could I do that? Why, why didn't I put it in enough focus? I, I mean, it, it would be very easy for me to take this for me subpar result and internalize it and really tell myself, wow, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And I have all these problems that I need to work on when really the the person who showed up and shot was i mean he yes it was me but it wasn't me at my best so sort of taking that too seriously would not really be productive for me as a competitor because it's comparing myself to something that that isn't likely to show up on match day now i will definitely take this away and if there is a scenario for whatever reason whether it's a, a reshoot where i'm having to to walk up to a stage and shoot it with very little prep time without getting a walkthrough, then I'll, I'll remember back to this match and remember that the main things that went first were executing fundamentals and technique in favor of sort of overemphasizing the stage plan. And so in that scenario, whatever whatever may happen, if that does happen, then then that would sort of be give me a little bit of a prompt to tweak and say, okay, make sure to visualize in the fundamentals, getting the grip done, getting the reload done before hard movements, that sort of thing. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. Match video for this match and my other matches is at youtube.com slash USPSA. My email is podcast at barryshooting.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, consider buying a shirt at barryshooting.com slash shop. Talk to you next time.